0: The to the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and we're actually nearing the end of season two. I know, it's kind of crazy to believe it. We do still have a couple weeks left, but the end is in sight, and for me, the end is even more in sight because I'm actually going on vacation the end of June, early July, and so I'm putting in some extra hours on my end to make sure everything is lined up in an order before my vacation so I can really have some, some time off. With that in mind, the season two finale, which is actually going to be aired beginning to mid-July, will be recorded in just a few days. And I have an idea that I'm really excited to see through for the big season two finale. But in order to do it, I need your help. So, I'm planning an expat advice episode. I've got a co-host on board. I've got years of giving my friends and family unsolicited advice all of that great experience, ready to take on your expat problems. I would love it if you could send me your questions, your scenarios, the things that are mulling over in your mind if you wanna get a fresh perspective on how to handle them. That could be, I'm actually not an expat, but I'm thinking I'm moving abroad. Here's my pros, cons, what should I do? What should I keep in mind? It could be, I am an expat and I'm having this cultural difference or I'm having these concerns, these hesitations what have you. Um, Or it could even be that you are in the process of moving and going through all that paperwork and confusing stuff and there's a resource that you're lacking that you would love to see if anyone knows how to handle that scenario. I will put my librarian muscles to the test and see if I can find the right resource for you. Um, And if not, we can at least give a little amplification to the problem and maybe connect you with the right person who does have an answer. So if you can think of a situation from your own life, you can go ahead and send it to us at thexpatcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter, totally fine. Whatever's the most comfortable for you as long as it gets to us, there is a deadline. So this episode you are listening to right now was released Thursday, June 13th. We need all of your submissions by Tuesday, June 18th in order for them to be included. So please send all of your questions, comments, concerns to the x Cast by Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. I can't wait to see what kind of fun, sticky scenarios come in, and I'm, I'm really, really excited about this idea. I really hope it works out. So please participate. Don't be shy. <laughs> send us a message. And if you do reach out, please keep in mind I can make this anonymous or not. Just say the word. Focusing our attention now on today's episode, I'm really excited to bring this to you because our guest today, Tatiana, is actually a listener who then became a connection through this really fun, funky four-corner line of connection. And I honestly think that's just the best thing about this weird expat online community. You know, I think... The internet is awesome and also slightly terrifying sometimes, but this is totally in the category of awesome. When you meet someone who meets someone and it all comes together in this really cool way, you'll understand what I mean in a minute once we get to the episode. But yeah, a super cool connection, and this was actually the first time that Tatiana and I spoke directly, and it was a blast, and I think you'll hear it in both of our voices. We had just a ball getting to chat. So, without further ado, today's episode brought to you by the cool, but also sometimes creepy, internet.
1: So my name is Tatjana. I'm from Germany, but I'm currently living in India, Goa, which is the uh, beach paradise of of India. Um, And I've been living there only for about uh, nine months now. Before that, I was in Mumbai. And that's where it was uh, almost five years.
0: And before we dive into all the many questions I have about that and your whole history, <laughs> um, I wanted to, to share our little story first real fast. So really, my part of this only picks up like in later or sort of in the background. But do you want to share from your side how this all happened?
1: Yeah, no, because you actually started it off. <laughs>
0: because
1: uh, I'm fairly new to podcasts in terms of listening as well as doing them. Uh, i am only found out about podcasts maybe half a year ago or something like that. And yours was one of the first ones I started to listen to because expat obviously was my is my passion as well, expat life, and I found your podcast about a foreigner in germany which I thought was interesting because I would get to know my own country from a foreigner's point of view. So that was kind of interesting. So I was listening to your podcast and listened to the episode where you were interviewing Stephanie from the Expert Rewind podcast uh, about books, which is my other passion I love to read. So uh, yeah, I listened to that, and then it just so happens that a couple of weeks later, um, my husband had to go for business to Shanghai, and I remembered that Stephanie was in Shanghai. So I connected with her, and uh, we met up in Shanghai, and we hit it off, and she interviewed me for her podcast, and now we're doing a podcast together. So (laughs) it's
0: all a very, very small world, it seems. And all of the best things, it makes me unbelievably thrilled that this little book-loving expat circle, the two things are overlapping and the overlap is growing.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yes. And it's such a strange thing because I'm German, you are in Germany, but American. Stephanie is also American, but in China. I'm married to an Indian-Chinese, so it's all like interconnected, it's really cool. <laughs>
0: so that is our little personal history, and mm-hmm. now into deeper into yours, because you also have a very big mixture of things going on. Okay, so you're, you're German, and where are you from yeah. in Germany? Uh, I'm uh, from Berlin, and I'm currently in Berlin,
1: actually, I'm visiting homes.
0: And you live in India, but was that your first move abroad?
1: No. I was actually very keen to move abroad uh, from early on. My parents studied abroad and they were always telling us the stories about how great it is to live abroad and all the people you're meeting etc. So that kind of influenced me to the, ex- to the degree that I really wanted to go abroad as well and then it just so turned out that I got interested in hospitality industry as a potential working field. Yeah. So obviously to combine those two is very easy because hotels are just anywhere so i went abroad 14 years ago now that's where it started and i went to the netherlands to study hotel management and i lived in the hague there and then i did half a year of internship in uh, manchester england and then another year of working experience in zurich switzerland and then i got my first real full-time job in uh, going to dubai so i was there for three years and that's also where i met my husband I we met each other, and uh, a couple of months later, he had to, or he was returning to uh, India for another position, another job, and so we did a long, long uh, distance relationship for two and a half years, and then I decided to move to India as well to be with him, basically, and that brought brought me to Mumbai.
0: Okay, very cool. And you mentioned your husband is Indian Chinese, so does do you have a connection yeah. to China as well, or what? What is that? <laughs> what is that? Um, yeah, so
1: my husband is born in India and speaks Hindi and yeah, lived his entire life in India. However, his family is original from China and uh, he's uh, living or he was in Kolkata. Kolkata actually has two Chinatowns, so that's quite a, there was quite a population there uh, earlier. So that's him, and because um, so his parents are both origin Chinese as well. He looks he's not a mix as such. Um, He looks very much Chinese, but uh, obviously speaks much more in uh, speaks Hindi and everything. So it's a very interesting combination. But uh, all the family is all over the world, and uh, but he doesn't really have. direct link to china in terms of family that he goes and visits every year or whatever that doesn't is not there
0: yeah i probably sounded sort of <clears throat> crass when i asked initially but i just especially coming from america everyone has all these different layers of immigrant identity and what one thing means uh in terms of hyphenated nationality identity is can be very different <laughs> so <laughs> wanted true. to uh clarify I, I remember my first german class in in germany there was a man from actually from india in it and um we were going around and saying where we were from and he he was like a little class clown and he was like where do you think i'm from and i was like well i i genuinely like i think he was making a joke because he looks very indian but i was like well based on how i grew up you could be from anywhere you know it doesn't (laughs) that's true yeah
1: (laughs) That's how I met my husband as well, because uh, we met in Dubai and you have so many nationalities living there and you very quickly learn not to make any assumptions because you have people, especially uh, Asia, is just such a mixed, there's so many countries, but the the sort of society is so mixed up everywhere. So, for instance, you have people from like Mongolia, etc. They look very Chinese. The eyes are very Chinese, uh, basically. But then they all speak Russian, for instance. So you oh. quickly learn not to make any assumptions based on how somebody looks like. Yeah. But I remember basically being in a group of Indians and seeing my husband, my obviously back then, just a Chinese-looking guy coming, and you know, you look at him, you think, ah, Chinese, right? And then he comes into that group, and they all start
0: speaking Hindi, and I'm like, wait, this is not. <laughs> how does this work? How does this work? And to flip that onto you, do people in your expat life? identify you automatically or how, do, how does that work for for you
1: oh yeah i i actually get a lot identified as russian i have a russian name tatiana is actually russian and um i i like just from looking at me apparently i have russian features as well I'm not sure where they're coming from but <laughs> that's what it is and uh, so i do have people coming up to me uh, russians in fact coming up to me speaking russian to me um because they're assuming i am russian uh, i have that quite a lot and it uh, always surprises me now. I have actually learned Russian in school. Okay. Not enough, however, to actually understand those people. But I can tell them in Russian that I'm not Russian, that I'm actually German, which makes the whole situation very complicated. <laughs>
0: then they have 12 but, more uh, follow up yeah. questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that I also don't understand but yeah. that's, that's the way to <laughs> So I'd be interested to hear what kind of culture shocks and cultural misunderstandings you've encountered in your moves I think the
1: the the, the major thing is that I had actually a very smooth transition within my expert life, because first, obviously, I'm from Germany and then I moved within Europe, which is the countries still have their differences, but obviously comparing to moving to India, that it's nothing. They're fairly similar, obviously. So, but that has helped me, I think, a lot to just realize that even a country that is so close to Germany, like uh, the Netherlands or the UK, there's already small little differences uh, in you know what, ex- what does society expect, what are the day-to-day difference in life, basically, all of this you, you already get familiarized with. And then if you move to a completely different country like for instance, Dubai as well where you have uh, obviously the, the Arabic uh, way of life on a way and then to India, which is a third world country is a whole different, sorry. But because I've already coped with all those things with all changes before, I think it was much smoother for me than it would have been for somebody else. So I don't know if I'm like culture shock as such. I don't think I had also mm-hmm. because I'm really, I was always very keen to go. I wasn't dragged somewhere mm-hmm. by my working spouse or whatever. I really, I wanted to go to all those places. And I think that makes a lot of difference, your attitude and your Your expectations, basically, towards where you're going.
0: Is where you're living now in India connected to your uh, husband's family? Like, are you near where he grew up or any of that? No, in fact, we are at the West
1: Coast and he is from the East Coast of India. So uh, we're quite quite a way away. Um, obviously, we're visiting his family, and we're flying there, but we're not living with the family or anything. That would be a major culture shock moment, <laughs> I think, <laughs> but uh, that, that I haven't encountered yet, no. But also I think because, uh, again, family is a very different concept in India than it is in Germany or in the West, I think, in, in general. And I think that would make a huge difference. The fact that idea that still exists in India where you have big families living together and caring for one another etc so I think that would make a lot of difference that would be a lot of learning on my part
0: yeah okay so the other day it was a beautiful summer day my boyfriend and I went swimming in the river in town and we got to talking to the guy next to us Uh, he heard actually us because we speak in English together and he heard and asked where I was from I said, "America." He says, "Oh, great! You know, he's an older guy. Um, I feel like every like older German man has done a road trip through the states when they were twenty, and, <laughs> and this is what he had done." And he said there were a couple things that struck him about how people reacted to him. One was they wanted to make a lot of Hitler jokes. <laughs> Number two was yeah. they would then be like, "So, so do you have refrigerators and pants in your country?" <laughs> 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 yeah, and um and so he had to deal with these and I've I've even today experienced a little bit of that where some people are like, um, well, do they have internet there? Like people just don't really know anything about Germany other than especially Americans know basically World War II. Um, And I'm like, okay, to be fair, the internet thing, the data infrastructure here is awful. So valid question. But the rest of it, you know, it's just this total, um, not in a bad way, just a lack of awareness of what to expect out of Germany. And it's part of my experience of introducing that to them saying hey actually it's a one of the wealthiest countries in uh, Europe and blah 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 blah, blah. so I'm curious for you have you ever experienced that through the people you've met in your travels as a German and then part two is what sort of misunderstandings do you encounter in India
1: that's actually funny because until the moment I came to India I never had encountered any sort of second world war references nothing ever and um Yeah, and and other people, other Germans mentioned that to me, and I kept always saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I I don't, nothing, nothing that, nobody mentioned it to me, I don't see anything around, and uh, then I came to India. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is that um, in India it's very similar, I was laughing when you were saying that, because it's a very similar approach to that history, basically, the the fact that uh, for everybody in Germany, it's, it's a terrible thing, and uh, you don't talk about it, and you certainly don't make a, a fun about it, basically. But if you're in, in India, I think that's number one. Obviously, they're removed from the actual happening. India wasn't really very active in that Second World War situation here in Germany or in Europe. And uh, for them, also, I have sometimes a feeling that especially the lower class, maybe where, the, uh, where they're not that familiar and, and uh, the, the education hasn't really pro- provided them with a lot of details about the Second World War. I think um, they're making a lot of uh, like fun about it because they actually see Hitler as somebody who stood up for Germany and for the German people. And that obviously is something to me where I'm saying, yeah, but I mean, you can do that in other ways. You don't have to uh, kill the entire sort of another race for that. That's not necessary. So I feel very uncomfortable also when somebody brings that up and uh, sort of when I'm sitting in a taxi, that has happened so many times. I'm sitting in a taxi and the taxi driver asks me where I'm from. So I'm saying, yeah, I'm from Germany. I usually get very positive responses to that because everybody says, oh, yeah, Germany. They've got so many jobs and you have so much money there and all of that. So obviously it's a first world country for them. It's, that's a good part. And mm. then they say, oh, yeah, and Hitler. It's like, uh-huh, <laughs> topic change. change. And uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, well, <clears throat> that too. And then they start going off on how uh, how he stood up basically for for the Germans. Like, no, but that's not uh, what what Hitler was all about. So it's been, there have been moments, and there have also been moments where people mentioned, you know, uh, when you're very specific about somebody and they say, don't be such a Hitler about it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, other phrases that you can use for that. So I did encounter that a couple of times and I, I'm also very uncomfortable about that. So I haven't really come up with a perfect answer yet because I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> it feels weird.
0: do you have any experiences of talking to family or friends um, in Germany or elsewhere about your life in India and, and they having different expectations of India than you've come to know is true for, for what you've experienced
1: yeah I have um, realized that people seem to have one of two ideas about India when they when I say I'm living in India there's one of two things coming up either it's oh my god so beautiful the Taj Mahal they have elephants, everybody's always smiling, all the colors, the food. That's sort of the, the positive, uh, shine, bright, shining, meditating yoga, Ayurveda <laughs> type of country. That's, that's one side. And then the other side, uh, everything is dirty, you don't have uh, water or electricity, it's very dangerous, all the rapes that are going on there. So that's the negative side of it. So that seems to be the two polars which people have in them. One of them is sort of that drives them. So either they are very excited that I'm living in this brilliant country, or they're like, oh my God, are you even safe there? And <laughs> like it is in every country, right? The the two extremes are not correct. It's something in the middle where you have both, basically. Of course, we, yeah, you have those, you know, situations where you're visiting the Taj Mahal, and that's beautiful, and... Uh, You see cows on the street, which is still something that I absolutely love because it's such a, I don't know, such an odd sight in the middle of a busy city to have a cow walking over the street and everybody stops in its track. But yeah, then obviously it is dirty compared to, to certainly Germany. Yeah, the country is what it is. I mean, every country is different in that way. But uh, we certainly have water. We certainly have uh, electricity and uh, internet, etc. So it's it's a it's a mix of the two basically, and that's what I'm always seeing when I'm speaking to somebody. I try to find out whether or not they think India is fantastic, or whether or they think India is just. <laughs> that dump sort of mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to explain that it's not quite as shiny or as dark it's in the middle
0: and I now know. that you are back in Berlin visiting your family what hits you when you come home that reminds you all right this is Germany
1: I think there's two major things number one uh, the food Food is a major uh, major difference especially also because I'm married to uh, some not to a German but to a Indian Chinese because number one um, food always seems something very simple in Germany where you can just go to the supermarket you buy some bread and some cheese and some cold cuts and that's your dinner you're done (laughs) but in India almost every, actually every meal is cooked, uh, they make and prepare something for it, and usually it also consists mm. not just of one dish in terms of like, I don't know, cereals or something, but also small little like some rice, some bread, some uh, vegetables, some curry, some this, that, mm. whatever, and that just aids the time that goes into preparing that, but also in terms, it's quite a heavy meal always. Whereas in Germany, obviously, we do not that's not how we eat. <laughs> and it's much more easy here to just quickly have something. The other thing is the weather. Because uh, I'm in Germany now for two days, and the two days couldn't have been more different. Yesterday, we had bright blue sky, sunshine. got pretty warm, actually. And today, I'm looking outside right now. It's cloudy and slightly cool. And... <laughs> So in Germany, obviously, you never know what the, what the weather is going to be like. You literally look outside. You can listen to the forecast, but you also know the forecast is probably not going to be correct. And you literally prepare for just about anything. In India, you don't have that. You have, we have the monsoon, which is going on right now. So from June, July, August, sort of. At that time, yes, you know it's going to rain and it's going to be sort of cloudy and stuff. But throughout the rest of the year, it's warm and sunny and blue sky, and that's it. And in fact, I remember the first year when I was in Mumbai and the, the mm-hmm. monsoon was over. And then in November, I think, so about two months after monsoon, there was a quick 20-minute shower in the afternoon. And that was reported on the first page of the newspaper in the next on the next day, because it was such a, oh my God, it was raining situation and i was laughing so much because obviously nobody would even notice that in germany but in india that's a big big deal and i have to say we're living in dubai i was missing the seasons a lot because dubai is just hot and hotter but there's no there's not even rain season or anything so you because you don't have any seasons you don't even feel like time passes in germany you have you know like Christmas markets, etc., and you know, okay, another year has passed. It's like a, a rite of passage or whatever you want to say. It's like you feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Dubai, that was not the case, which is every day was the same in terms of weather, every day was the same as the one before. And now I, uh, in, in, in India, at least we have the monsoon, so that's very good that you can feel that the years, uh, another year has passed. But I really actually enjoy the fact that you know it's going to be warm and sunny every day because you don't have to pack for what happens if it's cold, what happens if it's rain, raining. You don't have to do that. You have one Cupboard, one wardrobe, and that's it, that's all you need. And that's quite handy, I have to say.
0: But then you don't get to use the, the favorite German phrase, the there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. <laughs> that's,
1: that's true. And that's also, that's one thing that I do miss, which I uh, love coming to Germany for, is when we, we used to come in October, and then I could wear my boots, like up to, uh, up to my knees. And that's obviously something I do not need in, in, in India. But uh, that is something I need, like a coat and, uh, and my boots. That's something that I really enjoy uh, wearing in, in Germany when I get a chance. But also I have a four-year-old daughter and the idea of dressing her up in layers and over and over again, and that, that seems a lot of trouble. Right now <laughs> she can go on her in her wardrobe and just select whatever she wants and I'm fine with that because the weather is anyway fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your daughter and your husband too, um, what are some things about Germany, certain foods or snacks from the grocery store or places that you prioritized showing them and making sure that they understand that because those things are so important to you?
1: I think uh, the weather was certainly one because uh, I remember the first time I came with my husband here, um, it was
0: January. It was
1: freezing cold. Oh, no. He didn't enjoy that. (laughs) Bad
0: planning. You wanted him to come back, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) again you know i was enjoying it i wanted him to see it as well so uh, he did and he did come back thank god <laughs> i don't know it's it's a lot of uh, a lot about the, obviously my family it's the family actually in the first place that uh, i want my my daughter to have a connection to my husband to meet etc that's i think the main thing in terms of germany i don't know the, honestly every time we come to germany the first thing we that i do is go to the supermarket because it it's a lot different i don't know. I. difficult to pinpoint what exactly is so different but it's just the types of things that you can get that i remember from my childhood like certain yogurts or food items whatever like they have for instance here this instant mashed potato pot that small pot with a, a mashed potato down. You just put some hot water and you wait for five minutes, whatever, and then you can eat it. I love that stuff for some reason, but it doesn't exist anywhere else. <laughs> so it's small things like that that um, I get them and I, I have them and they can all try, etc. And then there's certain food items that I'm uh, eating. So for instance, in Berlin we have the döner, uh which is oh god. It's like a turker. it's done by the Turkish immigrants. Basically, it's a it's a, bread, a flan bread, that like flat bread. It's a triangular shape and inside is meat and salad and sauces and so forth. So that's the dörner that you get here in, in Berlin. And I love that and you can't get it anywhere else. So that I definitely have. And oh yeah, as long as we were staying in uh, Mumbai when we came, the first thing that we would have is beef because you can't get beef in bombay and um, that was very for all of us because my my husband also eats everything and mm-hmm. uh, that was always something that we were craving to get some beef so we would land uh, at the airport and probably go still in the airport to the mcdonald's and just have <laughs> a burger just for the sake of
0: it. <clears throat> so mcdonald's is what you're saying specifically <laughs> because
1: the thing is uh, mcdonald's has made it to india but they have Indianized their menu a lot, and you, you can actually really not get much that is really McDonald's. What you know from uh, Germany, for instance.
0: And that is different from the McDonald's I know too. For instance, the in McDonald's in Germany they have the pre-packaged hamburgers and cheeseburgers that they make in bulk, and then they just like sit under the hot lamp, and when it's when you order one, they just grab one, but they stopped yeah. doing that in the US a while ago. I can't, I can't remember why, but they have to make them fresh now. And I know for some people that is like a very big game changer. Cause it changes the way that the, the burger pieces interact with each other and the bread and blah, blah, blah. And I, I know like, that's a silly thing. A lot of people do when they travel is they go try the different McDonald's, but I gotta say it is a real thing. It is really different. <laughs> yeah because also
1: when I was in Shanghai now I went there too, and it's just that the the flavors you get uh, I find the desserts are often very, very different because you have each dessert flavor a uh, local flavor basically. So in uh, Shanghai you could get something like a not sweet potato but like the local sweet potato you could get as an ice cream. So I was like,
0: what huh. <laughs>
1: and it was really weird, and in India you can get like an a, the ice cream in an Indian sweet flavor. So all of that is very weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about, with, uh, you mentioned the Christmas markets. Is that something that you um, are trying to bring into your daughter's life? Because I'm sure for you growing up, it was a huge tradition. Yeah, exactly.
1: So for me growing up, Christmas was always the, the major thing. And I was missing that even already in Dubai. Dubai has the Ramadan time, which obviously is very big on them. So that's a similar thing festive time so i like that but obviously still not the same as christmas what i have discovered for myself is that uh, already if i'm only playing christmas music that makes a lot of difference so at home once like towards the end of november i would start just playing christmas music all the time and my daughter actually still keeps singing the christmas songs because that's what she heard the most often uh, sort of played over and over then I have to give a huge shout out to my parents because they keep on sending those packages for Easter and for Christmas. And it's small little things like uh, Easter sweets or those foldable Christmas calendars. They they sent that last year. So it's a it's a long cardboard train that you have to put together, obviously. And on each of the train cards are two little bags. And each bag is for one day, like your Christmas calendar and so you have those 24 bags and every day you can open one. And obviously that was also a huge part of my childhood growing up for Christmas. And now my, my daughter can see that too. So that's that's very important. So that's, And then obviously we do have a Christmas tree and we do go out for Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner. Because in Germany, also one major difference, in Germany, we celebrate much more on the 24th in the evening than the, what seems to be the rest of the world is doing 25th. <laughs> so that's something that I have also introduced my
0: husband to. So we are celebrating on 24th evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the Christmas music because I used to be such a grinch about a lot of Christmas things, especially in the US, it was really overdone. And so I was super anti it. And then this year, I started getting pretty homesick around Christmas time, or not even homesick, just like something's off, what's off. And so when I started playing my like American Christmas music around the house or whatever, something clicked for me. And then it felt better, even though I I got so annoyed about these songs back in the US, because they play it non stop 24 hours on every (laughs) station, everywhere you go, not having that was too much. And I found oh, now that I'm far away, I do want that. And I always find that really funny, these things that you you don't actually really like, especially when you're living where you're from, and then you leave and you're like, oh, but now I kind of need it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I think it's, uh, especially, yeah, I noticed that because uh, Christmas is such a no deal at all. So uh, as you were saying, you know, in Germany even, so by the time... Christmas gets around December everybody is sick and tired of it yeah. but then if you don't have any of that the the other extreme then you are missing something and i i did realize the first time the first christmas that i celebrated uh, living in india that uh, it came and went and i was sitting there after christmas and i was like huh, you know that, that that was like one day of christmas because we went out for christmas dinner and that that was it and that felt really anticlimactic so it's yeah. like well, that <laughs> that's not Christmas, so Christmas afterwards, I basically made an effort that's a, where I know it' was okay playing music, decorating and and making an effort sort of to really uh, stretch that time a little bit out and otherwise for me Germany really is the the language that my my daughter for instance learns the language she has a German passport that's something I would like her to adopt eventually.
0: <laughs> Are you speaking it with her now? Yeah, I do speak uh, with her,
1: but the the problem is a bit because uh, obviously all the other influences around her, her school, her dad, everybody, everything is in English. What happens right now is that I speak to her in, in German and she replies in English, which means that she does understand me, which is a great, good deal already, but I do want her to actually re- respond to me in German as well, which is the reason why we're this time staying a little longer in Germany, so that she can get a bit of a... A German uh, kick, sort of. And then I hope to be able <laughs> to sort of contain that throughout uh, India as well, that I can make her uh, respond to me in, in German as well. Let's see.
0: So we are getting to the end. We're going to transition now into the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. What is the last book that rocked your world?
1: The first thing that came to my mind is uh, the gospel according to Coco Chanel. I read that book a while ago but it it's really uh, I'm I'm recommending it right left and center. I love that book because nobody really knows about Coco Chanel. Everybody knows about Chanel the brand and the the scent and the the perfume and the, the little black dress and that's about it. But the, I think the, what the woman managed to pull together in the 1920s, where you know women didn't have much of a say at all, I thought was really impressive.
0: Number two, what is one German word that you would use to describe your life in India?
1: I'm hanging between, <laughs> I'm hanging between two, verrückt und Wahnsinn so verrückt is uh, no but both of them are actually like crazy i always say uh, it, it's crazy like the english word crazy and verrückt and wahnsinn is a bit of a translation actually uh, of crazy and i always like mm-hmm. verrückt for instance i think is a good word because it can be used in a negative mm-hmm. but also in the positive
0: the wahnsinn has the the air of sort of like wildness or whimsy to it too. But then also uh, like uh,
1: also in a negative in a sort of slightly nuts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And And last question. Where should one go if they want to buy a book in Berlin? Oh, go to Dussmann.
1: Uh, That's uh, uh, the Friedrichstraße. That's a train station and also the street uh, in the city center in the city former east city center of Berlin and um it's a huge it's called a culture uh, shopping mall and it's one huge store which has everything books music videos th- those kind of things they also have actually an english book section they honestly if you can't find the book there you probably can't find it anywhere
0: very good so those were Zack zuck zucks zuck. um before we end up do you want to tell people where they can find you and your wonderful new book podcast Yes. Well, our book, uh, book podcast
1: is called uh, Bookish Expats together with Stephanie Fucho. Um, that can be found wherever you find uh, podcasts on Podbean and Spotify, etc. And uh, you can find me on Instagram on uh, Craving Expat
0: Life. Thank you so much for coming on the Expatcast. This is a blast to get to talk. Formally, I, I was about to say in person, but it's a screen. We're on Skype. It was great to get to talk to you on <laughs> Skype and it felt like it was in person.
1: (laughs) Yes, if we're both in Germany, that's probably as close as it's going to get. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Well, until I come to India to visit the cows. (laughs) See you soon. Thanks again to Tatiana for coming on the show. And as said, bookish expats, go check it out. It is going to be so cool. All things bookish, all things expats. What more could you want? And while I'm at it, special shout out to Steph Fuccio of episode three of season two, Bookworms Abroad. She is the other piece to this wonderful connection, circle, triangle, whatever shape is appropriate. <laughs> Reminder to send me your expat problems, questions, etc. by June 18th. It's a Tuesday. It's coming up. Send it however you want email facebook twitter instagram we are at the expat on all of those platforms including gmail reach out and we'll give you yeah maybe not some expert advice but some expat advice that's for sure <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Amy Lundy Art for the logo. Thanks to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at IHugFromTheSide. hug from the side. Next week on the show, we speak to someone who moved to Germany for a relationship that didn't end up working out. What does one do in that scenario? Tune in next week to find out. Till then, have a great week.